Welcome to Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I'm Jolie Walker, Grazia's Beauty and Health Director, and we are back for a new season with more brilliant beauty advice. In this episode, I chat with this hilarious, super smart and multi-talented woman who loves her beauty. I am Vic Hope and I'm a TV and radio presenter, a print and broadcast journalist and a children's author. You'll likely recognise her voice from her years working with Roman Kemp on their award-winning radio show, as well as her most recent venture hosting the official chart and Radio 1's Life Hacks. On this episode, she talks about finding calm in life's daily chaos. Peace doesn't have to be quiet. It can also be joy, like sometimes it takes the form of just dancing mad around my kitchen to Aretha Franklin. And dance she did in 2018's series of Strictly Come Dancing. As for exploring her love of music, Vic has a podcast celebrating black artists called Songs to Live By. Before she jets off to Tokyo to be part of the presenting team at the Paralympics, she shares with us her journey to her most recent hairstyle, her locks. I was so worried, even the night before, because we made a decision. It took about a year looking at different styles that we could do. And I was a lot of pictures of Zendaya and Leanne from Little Mix. Vic also reveals how an attempt to show off to her brother led to an unforeseen beauty blunder. And it was definitely a surprise. No! Yeah. I mean, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Just don't. You don't need to. You don't need to impress your little brother. Here's Vic Hope. Welcome, Vic. How are you today? Oh, I'm so good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Very excited to hear your best beauty advice. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I have advice that I've been given, and a lot of the time it's easier said than done. And it's stuff that you know when you're growing up and your mum says stuff like, "Oh, you mustn't shave your legs or pluck your eyebrows because it's going to grow back thicker." And the truth is, she is completely right. Did I follow it? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I'm going to give advice that I've learned and that I know to be true that I sometimes struggle to follow, but I believe in. <laughs> you know to be true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I generally like to kick things off just by asking about your beauty style in general. So would you say that you're forever trying new products or do you like to stick to your old faithfuls? What's your beauty vibe? I like to play. I think I grew up thinking that makeup and beauty was about hiding who you are and what you look like and changing things. And it was like a liberating turning point when I realized that actually, no, I look fine and I'm happy with how I look and I can have fun with it. Makeup is a chance to be creative and looking after your skin is about feeling good. And I know it sounds really obvious, but you know, it takes a while to realize that and to accept that and to to enjoy that. And I think my, yeah, my my beauty style is hopefully fun and carefree and about experimentation. I love getting dressed up and I love trying new things. So I, I'd like to say it's a creative, fun style. You're so right. Just finding the joy in beauty and that you can have fun with it and play around with it. Mm. I absolutely love that. Have you switched up your routine at all since the start of the pandemic? So I know a lot of friends of mine and colleagues and Grazia readers are saying that skincare is so important for them at the moment and has become more so since the pandemic. Would you say the same or has anything changed for you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, because it's time, isn't it? I didn't have time not only to do it, but also time to think about it, to consider it, to go through all those products that are at the back of my cupboard that I haven't really touched. And it has it has changed my skincare routine. I have done so many sheet masks. <laughs> I've had so many pampering nights, but it's stuff that I've then taken with me into life getting a little bit back to normal and back to work and back to traveling around the country. Um, I've got a really good nighttime skin routine. 
with all the steps and the night creams and the hydration and stuff that um, I just need a little bit of time to get my head around to lay it out on my on my would you call it a dressing table no what do you have in your bathroom yeah beauty cabinet dressing table we'll go with that yeah <laughs> to lay it out on my on my beauty cabinet and and just create a bit of a ritual for myself which I enjoy I've created a morning ritual that I actually look forward to getting out of bed to do and it makes me feel really really good so you press reset on your makeup and you kind of found self-care and skincare I definitely found self-care so Let's jump into your five best pieces of beauty advice then. Uh, And let's kick things off with makeup. So what is the best piece of makeup advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give? The best piece of makeup advice that I've been given and that I will give to anybody is do it in good lighting. Do it in daylight if you can or as close to. There's so many dark rooms or rooms with really poor lighting that I've done my makeup in and not realise when I've gone out into the world that I am not the right colour. There are streaks all over the shop. There's makeup running down my face. You just couldn't see it. It's so, so important. It's really, I just think it's the most important thing. Absolutely. And I love that piece of advice because I'm totally the same. And especially I think whenever I've tried foundation on in the past as well, that's a big one for me. If I don't do it in daylight, then I always get the color matching wrong. Mm -hmm. Always. And how about product wise? What would you say? First of all, what's the product that you've had in your makeup bag the longest that you still use? And what's your newest product that you've just found and that you're obsessed with at the minute? So the products that I've been using right since the beginning and I kind of mix and match a little bit but it's all about the primer and I love like a really glowy really luminous really highlighting primer I use the MAC strobe cream which has been the classic right from day dot right when I started getting makeup and then over the years of it incorporated the Laura Mercier bronzing one. Oh, a tried and tested combo and I actually mix the two together now and I have done for at least I'm going to say six years, maybe even longer. Oh, there's no need for me to use anything else. If they discontinue them, I don't know what I do. And sometimes I don't even put like foundation or anything on top. I just think a little bit of a glow over your moisturizer, potentially underneath your BB cream, CC cream or, or, or foundation. It just, it makes you come alive. And um, yeah, and also it gives a really good, a good base. Everything goes on smoothly on top of that. So they're my go-tos. And I just think, the little pigments, the little bits of like light reflector in in the strobe cream are so beautiful. And then the bronze of the Laura Mercier, yeah, tried and tested. And then new products. So I've only quite recently got into brows um, from back in the day, having uh, plucked them quite thin, as we all did, didn't we? I remember I remember once standing in front of the mirror, my mum had said no plucking for ages and I'd eventually I'd defied her and I'd found some tweezers and I was in the bathroom I thought no one was home and I was plucking and I turned around she was standing in the doorway and I don't know to this day how long she'd been there just looking not angry (laughs) just disappointed which is even worse when they're disappointed (laughs) and she was right (laughs) she was just standing looking at me like I told what did I tell you and she was right because they grew back weird but I've taken some time grown them back and um and just benefit brow products have just been really, really good. I got introduced to them just before the lockdown. I DJed at a benefit brow party <laughs> and um, tried out some of their, I think it's called the Precision or something about being precise. They have a few, and a few brow crayons and a little brush and then a setting gel. 
And all of these things combined just give a really nice, full, fluffy, but not overdone look. I like to keep it quite soft, quite blended. And um, changing your brow game, it just makes you feel put together, doesn't it? So once I've got my brows in place, I don't feel like I need to do much more. And they're the frame of the face, like the eyes of the window to the soul. I just, I just really like a nice brow. I am with you on that one. I'm all about brows and I'm obsessed with the benefit as well. I think it's the gimme brow that fluffs them up and makes them really, yeah. Yes, gimme brow. Your brows look great. They look beautiful. Oh, thank you. I mean, I've got a lot in there. I'm not actually sure what's in there right now. Just throw it all on. Well, that was amazing makeup advice. So let's move on to hair next. What is the best piece of hair advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give? Well, the best piece of hair advice I have been given is from a wonderful woman called Michelle Sultan, who now does my hair. Um, And it was that you should go back to curly. And I got that advice when I was 27. Yeah, I had been straightening my hair for most of my life ever since I was allowed which again my mum had she tried to stop me for a long time and I was probably first allowed to to have a go at it at about 14 15 years old and I hated my curly hair because no one else at school had hair that looked like mine I got made fun of it a bit when I was a bit younger like in the playground I was told I wasn't allowed to play with some of the girls because they said I had ugly hair and I just I hated it you know just classic when you're young all you want is to fit in so I was counting down the days until I could straighten my hair smooth out those kinks and the afro and it's all about the fact that I was insecure about the things that made me different and it's only over the years that I learned that actually those things are really cool they make you unique that my hair was beautiful and i met on a shoot Michelle and I always straightened it and put extensions in and she was like what's your natural hair like I said I don't really want to show anyone and she um, invited me to her salon and she's like I'll wash it so I get to see what your natural hair is like and she just taught me how to care for my curls and helped me fall back in love with them. Mm. She showed me how to use um, LA weave and different extensions and stuff and to find curly hair extensions so I could make it really big. And then gradually we did protective hairstyles so that I could grow my own hair out. And so I, my own afro got quite big. And she just gave me confidence. And I think that that was the most important thing. It was, it was not just about loving my curls, but it was about loving myself. Your hair, I know it's just hair, but it's representative. Hair matters, it does, because it's sort of political. It's part of who I am. It's part of my culture, my heritage. And learning to love that was a huge step that I took in learning to love myself. So the best piece of advice I was given was learn to love your natural curls. Amazing. And what a journey. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And I love Michelle. She's so brilliant. And I bet she loved taking you on that journey as well and just seeing you kind of celebrating your amazing curls. Yeah, and we're still on the journey. So I've got, at the moment, I've got locks and I got these um, for the first time about a month and a half ago. I hadn't really done a protective style since I was a kid, like a like a proper braiding or plaiting. I used to, when I was little, every Sunday night, that was when my mum would sit me, I would just be, be sitting on the floor, I remember, and she would be yanking, pulling my hair into braids, ready for the week ahead, and it has to last from Monday through to the following Sunday. That's just what you do. Anyone else with Afro hair will probably know because <laughs> it's like standard practice in our household. Um, but yeah, I used to have braided styles a lot and then you sort of fall out of doing that and I got really nervous. I was so worried. Michelle will be able to tell you that I was even the night before because we made this decision. It took about a year of like looking at different styles that we could do. And I was a lot of pictures of Zendaya and Leanne from Little Mix being passed in our WhatsApp group back and forth. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to try it. Let's try locks. It feels like a like an entry drug into this, like an entry level um, style. And even the night before, I was like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I'm not ready. You know what it was? It's because I cared so much about what other people would think. 
was thinking, oh, they'll think it's weird or they won't recognize me. She was like, it doesn't matter. It's what you think. If you like it, then you're going to feel confident. And as soon as she did it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And it's it's like now I'm so excited to try new things. I'm going to do, I think I'm going to take these out maybe next week, go back to curly hair for a bit, but then I'm maybe going to do some box braids, even some twists. You can just play. I love that we can do that with Afro hair. They look amazing. It's a texture of hair that we've been taught, sort of conditioned to think that it's not beautiful, that it's a bit messy, that it's a bit wild. A lot of the words that are used that are associated with it, like coarse or unruly hair, it makes it seem negative. And actually it's got so much scope for creativity and fun and I'm finally taking steps on that journey I'm really excited about it and like you said at the beginning just coming back to the joy of beauty and from your hair to your makeup you're finding joy in all of those things you know helping you be your most confident and comfortable self yeah that's it it's like yeah you can play with it but also you could do nothing and still that's okay you can be totally natural and feel beautiful and feel confident as long as you feel like you're yourself and you love yourself and that's That's it, really. Okay, we are back and we're going to talk about skincare. So for your third piece of advice, what is the best skincare advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give? It's that hydration is everything. I cannot stress this enough. This is the advice that I say and I don't follow, but I do mean it, is that we need to hydrate. Uh, we need to drink enough water, which I never do. I actually i have got my Love Island water bottle here to celebrate Love Island, but I, I, I just don't drink enough water. And the thing is, when I do, I look at my skin and go, wow, why don't you just always do this? It works. Um and I forget, but I mean, and also hydration in terms of products, um, using uh, hyaluronic acid makes it look all plump and glowy and moist. And I've been using some oils and a night cream and actually they have really, really changed the game. And it sounds really simple, but just getting that hydration really, it, it makes my skin look like I'm a whole new woman. <laughs> love it, love it. And you also mentioned before, you said something about a nighttime routine. Mm. What do you like to do? Yeah, it winds down the day um, and it feels nice. It's a pamper, essentially. So I like to double cleanse. I use like a nice sort of oil-based cleanser that just lifts anything from the day out of my skin. Um, and then maybe a a, a slightly um, deeper clean. I like it when you feel like you've really cleaned your face. Um, and then a nice toner um, followed by some hyaluronic acid. And then I've got this lovely like multivitamin oil. Um, sometimes I'll use a retinol, but not too often. And then a night cream, which just like tops it all off. And it's really luxurious and really like, oh, it just feels rich. Ooh. I really enjoy that ritual before bed. So you've got your routine down to a T, it sounds. Yeah, yeah, but this only happened in lockdown. I never had time for this before. Or I probably did have time, but I didn't make time and I didn't really know about it. And I'm sort of winging it a little bit. It's not like anyone's told me that these are the steps you have to take. But I've grown to like these products. Equally, products will swap in and out depending on what I've got in my cabinet. And, you know, you you see bits and pieces or you buy different things, maybe get sent something. So I'll swap in things to try them out. I'm not too precious about the exact products, but that sort of vibe. And those sort of steps tend to do the trick. And every so often, especially in the last couple of weeks, because I've been um, on the road a lot filming, I've been doing sheet masks every couple of nights and they just make you feel like you're glowy and refreshed and it makes your skin look alive. I love a sheet mask. I don't really know what all the ingredients are, but I know that they're they're really nice. They're nice <laughs> and we're going with it. Yeah. So if it says on it that it's going to smooth or hydrate or whatever, I'll go for what the effect yeah. over the, the ingredients. The end game. Mm, the end game. Now let's talk about nails. 
I know you've got amazing nails on it. I saw them on your Instagram. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, they're amazing. <laughs> so what is your best piece of uh, nail advice? So I've got currently rainbow tips for Pride Month. Um, uh, my advice is to just go for it. Is that good advice? It's advice, I guess. And it's advice that I didn't take until really, really recently. I always had my nails short and I actually really love a short nail. I think a short nail looks really great and it feels really great and you can actually do things. You have dexterity. And I thought that long nails weren't for me until my friend, Aaliyah, Rihanna, <laughs> that is her name, Aaliyah Rihanna Johnson, who is an incredible nail technician. She was like, let me have a play on your nails for a bit. We went on holiday to, to Ibiza, there's a little group of us. And she was like, let me have a play on, on your nails when we get back. And she can draw anything with a tiny, tiny little brush. She is an artist. She's an artiste. And I was just mesmerized. And I realized that after she did my nails and she did all these drawings on them, I realized I couldn't stop looking at them. And I love touching things and like looking at my hands as I touch things. And I thought, you know what? This is a way to live. I enjoy <laughs> living like this. I enjoy being mesmerized by my own hands. It's just something to do, isn't it? Absolutely. Can't do much. Like I'm really struggling to type. Like I've got my notes open here. I just wrote a couple of beauty products and things and they're not in English because I currently can't type well. <laughs> but I like the sound it makes. Tapping my phone. I like that. Worth it. <laughs> you don't need to spell if you've got great nails. But going from nothing on my nails, I like generally just black nail to the leopard print I had when I was doing the jungle well when I was doing the spin-off show for the jungle I've got rainbow tips for pride I'm really into like massive glitter I'm like a magpie anything that sparkles I'm drawn to I've been really really enjoying it and the, the pure reason for going for long is just greater surface area to work with more space I actually only have nine fingers because I am really clumsy and chop one off when I was about three years old oh. um <laughs> So, I mean, I, I don't really care. It's I've got very used to it. And it's the one thing you don't really need for anything. But if there's any reason that I wish I hadn't done that when I was three, it's so that I could have an extra finger, yeah, to, to work with, to paint. For the nail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we go long so that we can do more. <laughs> Is there anything that you do to your nails? I know you like long nails, like in the downtime. Do you do anything for them if you are getting extensions? Cuticle oil. Um, is apparently important. I'm not going to pretend to be any kind of expert on this because I'm very, very new to the nail game, but I've been given by Aaliyah some cuticle oil and I rub that in and they do feel nice and soft and you can push them down and it doesn't hurt. And apparently it's really nourishing and good for the nail bed. I'm just saying these words, but I don't fully understand them, but <laughs> it's good for the nail bed. <laughs> so you're a fan of an oil. Yeah. Also, my understanding is that it is good to cut them. For a long time, I thought less cutting means they grow longer but the truth is actually the more you cut them the healthier they get and they grow better when they're healthy so um cutting is good filing is good cuticle oil is good I also have a a, a nails ink oil that I think is just like vitamins and good stuff vitamins and good stuff sounds good <laughs> and then we come on to our final and fifth piece of advice which we've touched on a little bit already and which is self-care mm. My self-care advice is to learn to love being on your own because there's such power and freedom and solace and peace in that. And whether that time on your own is meditating, doing yoga, going for a walk, being in nature, maybe going on a retreat somewhere or to a spa or even putting aside 
an hour a day to read a book and not feel guilty about it being like this is actually my reading time it's so important and you're going to always have to come back to yourself and if you have that um then you can do anything and you can you can get through anything so yeah I try to give myself a little bit of time each day and I, I for a long time I didn't do this and I burnt myself out from working too hard and feeling guilty if I ever like if I read I was like what should I be doing now what work am I not doing and I felt like I could only read a book when I was on holiday because my mind only switched off when I was on holiday but actually I've, I now give myself like half an hour to an hour a day that's reading time and so no other thoughts are allowed to enter my head because it's actually part of my to-do list as opposed to being a time away from my to-do list and it just shifts your mentality a little bit and your perspective but I've I've just gotten into stuff that I used to think was really arsy and cliche like going on yoga retreats and meditating and actually it makes me feel really good and centered and I try and find my little bit of peace every day and peace doesn't have to be quiet it can also be joy like sometimes it takes the form of just dancing like mad around my kitchen to Aretha Franklin but but I still need it it makes me feel really good and then everything else I do better at everything else I do better at my job because I've had that so yeah take some time for yourself and find the power in solitude What a brilliant, brilliant piece of advice to end on. And you're so right, just taking time, but don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel guilty. It's okay. I know that it's easier said than done. And I know that I'm in this position where I don't have kids and I don't have... um, I don't have anyone else that I live with. And I totally understand that a lot of people listening right now might not have um, as much time because they have these responsibilities and people that they are caring for, looking out for, looking after. But if you can find it, really try and find it it does it does make a difference amazing just to finish off which we do in every episode Vic um, I'm going to ask you for your biggest beauty blunder so a light-hearted note to finish on I it's I'm gonna say I'm torn between two one of them um I was really um not insulted but a little bit offended when my littlest brother Gabriel he said to me he said Victoria You've gone to Cambridge. It's supposed to be good, but you don't even know how to light a fire. It's actually a really good point. So I'd gone to nurture my mind and learn lots of stuff and languages and that. But the truth is I have not great actual skills, like life skills. And he was like, in the mind of nine-year-old Gabe, she can't light a fire. She can't do anything. What are they teaching her? And he had a point. And I was really trying to prove myself. So I, I lit a bonfire unsuccessfully and burnt my eyelashes off no yeah when I was about 19 so I mean don't do that don't (laughs) just don't you don't need to you don't need to impress your little brother (laughs) but at least you know how to light a fire now should it ever come up I mean I burnt my eyelashes off I I don't I still don't know how to do it (laughs) it wasn't good you're not gonna do it again I'm not gonna do it again I really don't need to I live in a flat and I've got heating and then the other thing was so when I was about 18 I decided I wanted to be a bit like Beyonce and get blonde hair but it was never going to be possible to go full blonde I actually didn't realize that she was probably wearing a weave and so I went to the hairdressers and I asked them what could we do and they were like we could do highlights so in order to get my hair blonde in highlighter sections they had to bleach it first and then dye it this sort of honey blonde but it was stripy I looked like a zebra there were just these like blondish stripes running through my straightened hair honestly I don't know what I was thinking but it's what I wanted and I think even they were like we don't believe in this mission but we're gonna help you achieve it Uh, and I won't be doing that again you look back and you think what was I doing 
I mean, we look back on all these things. I was so 18, it must be like 2008, I was at uni. I really thought I was so well-dressed and so fashionable and so like cool. And the, the truth was I was wearing leggings and a rara skirt and like little ballet pumps. But that was the thing, wasn't it? That's what everyone was doing. I had that exact outfit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. With a stripy head. And I, actually, I say that, but I've got I've got like little bits of blonde in my hair now, but I feel like Michelle knows how to blend it better. Looks amazing. <laughs> well, thank you, Vic. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you for sharing your best pieces of beauty advice. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for having me, Jolie. It was lovely to chat to you. If you ever want to talk about beauty, you know where we are. Oh, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. Isn't Vic brilliant? A huge thanks again to her for coming on and thanks again to you too. If you're enjoying these episodes, we'd love, love it if you could help spread the word. A review or a rating in your podcast player would be hugely appreciated. Word of mouth counts for so much too. So please tell your friends to check us out, especially if they love their beauty products and tips. Next time, a pro tanner who's worked his way up the beauty business to become a star in his own right. I think the first time I worked with Kate Moss, that was a massive moment. I remember being on that shoot and I was assisting and she's one of the most famous people in the world. And that really was a huge pinch me moment. That celebrity tanning artist and self-tan expert, the lovely Jules Von Hepp. Till next time, thanks again for listening.